Hi, I'm Linda Oberhoff with the Oberhoff Farms in Washington, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are once again locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, more disaster relief is on the way for 20 and 21 losses. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack announced a new program at this week's American Farm Bureau Convention in Puerto Rico. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. One of these days, higher cattle prices are going to provide motivation for ranchers to rebuild those thinned out herds. What sort of considerations should Texas High Plains ranchers have in mind? I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. Environmental stewardship and sustainability in agriculture are being discussed at the American Farm Bureau Federation Convention in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I'm Tom Nicoletti and we'll go to the annual AFBF convention to hear more on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Congress recently allocated more money for agricultural disaster relief for 2022. But Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack told farmers and ranchers at this week's American Farm Bureau Convention in Puerto Rico that more money is now available for 2020 and 21 losses. This time it's for farmers who did not have crop insurance or NAP coverage. Today we announced the second installment of relief for crop loss, for milk loss, for loss of farm stored crops, for crops prevented from planting in operations that did not have the benefit of crop insurance or NAP coverage. Producers who didn't qualify for assistance under those programs, they were left out of the initial phase one emergency provisions. But today we're announcing a program that's targeted towards those producers. We're going to fill in the gaps. We're going to make sure that as they do, we're encouraging them to think about the notion and the importance of signing up for crop insurance and for NAEP coverage. Congress allocated $10 billion for 2020 and 21 losses. Vilsack says about $7 billion of that has been distributed. A Texas company was a finalist for the American Farm Bureau's Ag Innovation Challenge. M-Genesis is a Texas-based animal health company that aims to improve production economics and sustainability of livestock production. Kara Wells is founder and CEO of M-Genesis. Well, today we are thrilled to be first runner-up at the Ag Innovation Challenge, but overall the experience was a little surreal. 
as someone who's really passionate about agriculture and seeing the opportunity and growth potential in this entire industry, it's really cool that we were featured as a company that can really make good positive change to bring out profitability to American cattle producers and hopefully cattle producers worldwide. The company has developed software that's up to 95% accurate in determining the viability of embryos before they are transplanted. Embryo transfer and IVF have really been progressive methods, but unfortunately the way that the embryos are evaluated currently really don't reflect all the potential that we can get from these procedures. So we're just hoping to get every animal pregnant as fast as pos possible so everyone's investment in ET and IVF is maximized. The computer-based technology can see details the human eye and brain cannot, allowing the user to evaluate the embryo's development in real time. Genesis placed second overall in the competition and was recognized before the American Farm Bureau Convention attendees in Puerto Rico. Now with more from the convention, here's Gary Joyner. I'm in Puerto Rico at the national meeting of the American Farm Bureau Federation and I'm pleased to be joined by Emily Solis of the Animal Agriculture Alliance. You're visiting with Farm Bureau members here. What are some of the topics or some of the issues that your organization is working on? I think top of mind right now, both for the Animal Agriculture Alliance and farmers and ranchers across the country, is the issue of environmental stewardship. Everyone is very focused from farmers and ranchers to consumers in the grocery store. Everyone wants to know that what they're doing is sustainable, that they're purchasing sustainable products, that they're contributing to climate change, climate issues, helping with planetary health. Um, so that's certainly something that we've been very much focused on at the Animal Agriculture Alliance. We've been very engaged in conversations at the UN Food System Summit in 2021, COP27 this past year, um, really trying to engage with influencers, thought leaders, restaurant, retail, food service brands to let, make sure everyone knows that you can feel confident, you can feel uh, very much secure in your decision to continue eating meat, milk, poultry, and eggs because they are a sustainable product. Um, and really trying to highlight a lot of commitments from various industry groups like the U.S. beef community recently um, announced that they would be trying to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions. Dairy has a, a greenhouse gas emission uh, goal as well. So trying to really promote all of the progress that farmers and ranchers have made up to this point um, while also highlighting their dedication and commi commitment to future progress as well. Is there a trust that people have in farmers and ranchers that helps able to communicate these messages? Absolutely. We always say that farmers and ranchers really are the best people to be sharing their story, not only about sustainability, environmental stewardship, but really all issues facing agriculture. Um, there was a poll by Gallup recently that actually farmers and ranchers are the number one trusted source when it comes to food and farming. So when people, the general consumer, the general public want to know more about food and farming, they want to know more and learn more from farmers and ranchers. So any way that we can empower farmers and ranchers to be stronger advocates for their industry, uh, the more impactful those conversations will be, the more impactful will be in changing the perception more positively of food and farming. And there are some great stories and examples out there of farmers and ranchers sharing their story through their own social accounts or through other platforms they may, might have. I'm sure you help those that are looking to do that. 
Absolutely. So we have an Animal Ag Allies program that is specifically geared towards farmers, ranchers, practicing veterinarians to equip you and empower you to be a confident and effective communicator for agriculture. Uh, so this program is online. It's self-paced. You go through five different modules that give you an overview of the entire animal agriculture community. It gives you uh, tips for handling and addressing contentious issues online, how to handle negative comments, trolls, haters. Uh, so it's a really well-rounded program to really make you feel confident, make you feel very much empowered to share your story um, and deal with you know, activists or potential haters that no matter what you say, they're not going to agree. Uh, so it's, it's a very good program. And then you get added to a private forum with other influencers as well, where you can kind of ask questions, get insights from them. So you can go through it feeling like you have a great support system behind you. Where can someone go for more information? For more information, you can visit our website, www.animalagalliance.org. And then we're also very active on social media as well. That's Emily Solis of the Animal Agriculture Alliance. I'm Gary Joyner in Puerto Rico at the American Farm Bureau Federation annual meeting for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. We are hoping that we'll get more rain here in 2023 and Texas cattle producers will be rebuilding those thinned out herds. James Hunt looks at some things ranchers should keep in mind when purchasing replacement cattle. Over the past couple years, massive reduction of cattle herds has occurred here in the Texas High Plains and across much of the country. As we look ahead, we can expect that the higher calf prices resulting from thinner supplies will ultimately provide incentive for rebuilding those herds. For some insight on what our region's ranchers might want to consider, I turned to Dr. Jennifer Kojul of the Texas Tech Vet School in Amarillo. When our ranchers start thinking about rebuilding their herds, I would encourage them to think about what they want their herds to look like in the future where their herds are going, where they thought there were deficits before the drought, before they had a liquidation, and to really think about what their future holds, because that's really going to drive the type of animal that they buy and the genetics that they go after. So let's talk about uh, maybe some of the more common deficits that might confront a rancher. What are some of those and, and how can they respond to them? So thinking about just common deficits, did we not have the right body type of cow for our region? Did we have some cows that were too large of frame size? Do we want a more moderate size cow, a more feed efficient cow? Lots of genetics are looking at feed efficiency right now. And with the prices of feed, that's something that we really need to think about is do we have an efficient cow for our region? thinking about a cow that obviously has great reproductive standards. We want a cow that gets bred early in the season, has a calf early in the calving season, and gets rebred quickly. That's always what really drives our bottom line. More from Dr. Kojal of Texas Tech tomorrow. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is asking Texans to report any dead wild rabbits they may find. I'm Jessica Dolmull, and I'll explain why coming up on Texas Ag Today. And although some parts of Texas have had some rain, hay supplies are short this winter. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TX-HEALTH.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Although some areas of Texas have had some rain in the last few months, hay supplies this winter are short. Dr. Bob Judd says that means supplements may be needed. Dr. Joe Pascal indicates at Drovers.com that Dr. Jason Banna from Overton, Texas, wrote an excellent review of these available supplements. Drs. Pascal and Banta are both employed by the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, and Dr. Banta started his review talking about rice byproducts. Rice byproducts include rice hulls, rice brands, and rice mill feed. Rice hulls have low nutrient content and should only be used sparingly. Rice bran is about 27% digestible starch and can cause ruminacidosis and founder, so small amounts should be used and rice bran must have calcium added to the ration because it is very high in phosphorus. Corn byproducts can be useful as wet milling produces corn syrup, corn starch, and corn oil, and corn gluten meal. Corn gluten feed and corn germ meal are byproducts. Corn gluten feed is high-energy, moderate-protein feed that is used in many rations, but it requires that a high-calcium, low-phosphorus mineral be fed with this ration. Sulfur levels can also be high, so they must be checked, and corn gluten also has a high level of digestible starch, which could lead to acidosis or founder, like rice bran. Corn distillers' grains are higher in energy, protein, and neutral detergent fiber compared to corn gluten feed, and there is less risk of acidosis and founder. Several oil seeds are used to supplement cattle like cottonseed, soybeans, sunflower, flax, peanuts, and canola. Whole soybeans should not be fed to open cows, while acidosis and founder can occur by feeding soybean hulls. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is asking Texans to report any dead rabbits they may find. Jessica Domel tells why in today's Wildlife Report. A viral, nearly always fatal rabbit disease has been confirmed in three wild rabbits in El Paso County. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, two desert cottontails and one black-tailed jackrabbit have all tested positive for rabbit hemorrhagic disease virus 2, or RHDV2. These are the first confirmed cases of the disease in wild rabbits in Texas this winter. RHDV2 is a highly contagious viral disease that can infect both wild and domestic rabbit species. TPWD is asking people who find sick or dead wild rabbits to contact their local TPWD biologist so the rabbits may be tested for the disease. A list of biologists is available on the TPWD website. RHDV2 is not known to affect humans, livestock, or pets other than rabbits. But TPWD says pets should not be allowed to consume the carcasses of dead rabbits as a precaution. Often the only clinical sign of RHDV2 is death. 
but in less acute cases, symptoms may include dullness or apathy, not eating, bleeding from the nose, or watery, congested eyes. Potential symptoms may also include incoordination, excitement, and or seizure-like episodes. The virus is spread through contact with infected rabbits or carcasses, their meat or fur, contaminated food or water, or other materials that may have come into contact with infected rabbits. The disease can stay in the environment for a very long time, making controlling the disease extremely challenging once it occurs in wild rabbit populations. Domestic rabbit owners who have questions about the virus should contact their private veterinarian. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal. Cattle and cotton closed mostly lower Wednesday while the grain markets were higher. We'll take a look at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market was steady to lower once again on Wednesday. The steady contract that nearby February, it was unchanged again to close at 157.75. Everything else was lower. April live cattle down 32, 161.32. June down 17. 157.32. Lower close in the feeder cattle market. January feeders down a dollar seventeen, one eighty-three twelve. March feeders down ninety-five at one eighty-five fifty-five, with April down ninety-five cents, one eighty-nine fifty-seven. Cash-fed cattle market still quiet on Wednesday. The consensus seems to be we will see higher money this week, but we still haven't seen it in an actual trade. Here in the South, feedlots asking 158 to 159. Reports of some bids being offered in Nebraska at 157 on a live basis. Boxed beef prices mixed Wednesday. Choice down $1.17, 283.36. Select up 18 cents, 258.51. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. My friend Doug Bass runs Cattleman's Brenham Livestock Auction. He had a sale this last Friday. Doug, how'd that sale turn out? We had a good start of the year, Mr. Larry. We ended up 926 head of cattle. Uh, market looked really good. Calves were steady to hire. Packer cows and bulls, uh, I mean, you could probably put 5 $6 on the cows. And, and we sold some bulls well over a dollar, which was good to see. Hadn't done, hadn't done that in a while. Good so deal. the market looked good. Good. Well, let's walk the pins. Yes, sir. On your way in, pack, packer cows and bulls, uh, thinner cows 25 to 39, medium flesh cows 42 to 65, better cows bring 69 to 86. Bulls on your lower grade, thinner bulls 68 to 88, better high yielding bulls 95 to $1.13. We had a few pairs. I tell you what, we 
we've seen these pairs get a little higher bread cows looks like the demand has come back some uh your good pairs that uh, bring 1250 to 1600 medium type pairs 950 to a thousand uh bread cows medium bread cows 750 to 900 better bread cows bring a thousand to 1250 on your calf market calf market look really good two to three weight steers 165 to 242 heifers 150 to 220 three to four weight steers 160 to 250 heifers 145 to 220 four to five weight steers 150 to 232 heifers 135 to 217 five to six weight steers 145 to two dollars heifers 130 to two dollars six to seven weight steers 135 to 182 heifers 125 to 179 seven to eight weight steers 120 to 175 heifers 120 to 168 and your 800 to a thousand pound steers and bull yardings bring a dollar ten to a dollar fifty three heiferettes bring a dollar ten to a dollar forty four good what do you anticipate for this week doug got them lined up look like we have a pretty good run for this time of year you know uh market's good i think that's going to draw some cattle out of the, out of the country and looks like we have a pretty decent run well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you at cattleman's brenham yes sir y'all can call me on my cell 979-877-4454 or call us here at the office 979-836-3621 neighbor i'm larry marble here in central texas reporting for texas ag today Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs. Finished lower Wednesday. February hogs down 50 cents, 79.30. April down $1.12, 88.40. Class 3 milk was higher. January milk up a penny, 1954 100 weight. February milk up 17 at 1927 100. The cotton market finished lower as traders were waiting on Thursday morning's USDA supply and demand report. We're expecting to see domestic production coming in around 14.14 million bales. That's compared with 14.24 last month. Traders expect domestic ending stocks to run about 3.5 million bales, unchanged from last month's number. March cotton down 50 cents, 84.26. The May down 45 at 84.39. New crop December cotton down 45 points, 81.58 cents. Grain traders also positioning themselves on Wednesday ahead of Thursday morning's USDA report. We close slightly higher in the corn market, March up a penny, 656. September corn up a quarter cent, 605 and a half. Same story in the wheat market, higher closes across the board on both hard and soft wheat. March Kansas City wheat up 10 and a half, 822 and a quarter. New crop July up nine and three quarters, 816 and a half. March Chicago wheat up nine at 740 a bushel. July up eight, 752 and a quarter. In the energy markets, January natural gas was up two cents, 366. February West Texas crude up 257. 77.69 a barrel. The financial markets were higher Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 187 points, 33,891. The Nasdaq up 154 at 10,896. The S&P up 39 points, 3,958. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture.